the blossom in our business is something that... So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secret Show. Today, we are joined by Melissa Sanford, who's been in real estate for the last eight years. She has four agents and four support staff, and in 2021, did over 165 deals. Today, she's going to be discussing client and community events, working online leads, and having great customer service. Melissa, thank you for agreeing to come on the show today. Share some of your secrets to success. How are you doing? Good, thank you. This one was going to be a fun one. Before we started rolling the show, you said before you moved into your area, you knew one adult, aka one person. So give us context about how you went from just knowing one person in a brand new area that you moved into to doing 165 deals last year. Um. So... Just, I started my career buying online leads because it's all I knew how to do. And then, um, you know, every person that I worked with, I just tried to make a good impression and always asking for referrals and, you know, just putting myself out there. Um, I live in like a good old boy community. So, you know, when I first moved here, it was really, really hard and I got my teeth kicked in a lot but I just didn't give up. When you say you worked online leads to start with, give us like a bit of a rundown. So year one, you got into the business, what, straight to Zillow? And we're like, Zillow, take my money. Or was Realtor.com, OpCity. I mean, OpCity is now Realtor.com actually, isn't it? They bought them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take us on a bit of a walkthrough of those first few years because, you know, we want to know how many deals did you do in your first year? Because you're working on online leads. So I'm going to assume you actually did all right. A lot of people like two. <laughs> but you might have been funny. So well, take us on a rundown of kind of how it all went down specifically. Yeah. So I just was like $300 in the zip code that I live in and I never missed a call. I never missed one of the texts. Um, the very first deal that I got, um, I actually put the sign in the wrong piece of land. <laughs> Like I put it across the street instead of where it was supposed to go. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Um, <laughs> I love the idea that people are knocking at this guy's house going, it's for sale. And he's like, my house isn't for sale. They're like, signs out front, mate. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like his wife's put his house for sale. You don't even fucking know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So my first year, I think I did like 19 deals. Um, I won some stupid award in my office, rookie of the year. Um, that nobody really cared about except for my manager. But, you know, I got into this profession so I could have some flexibility. My son was a teenager and he was in sports. And that was the dumbest belief I think I told myself (laughs) was, you know, that there's flexibility in real estate and I can just work whenever I want. Because, you know, if you want to be successful, obviously, the only time you're not working is when you're sleeping. Yeah, this is this is one of those businesses where it's 24 seven, 365, especially when you start out, like once you start building a team and creating leverage, that's a little bit of a different story. But this belief that like, 
I'm just going to show up. The leads are going to come in. Deals are going to close, right? It's just, it's just not one of those things. One of the things that I also heard you say is um, asking for referrals. You know, I think a lot of people are afraid to ask for referrals too early. So what, what did that look like as you, you know, were closing your Zillow leads? When were you asking for referrals? How often? What was the follow up? Uh, help us a little bit understand that because I think that's also a big portion of, of doing as many deals as you have, right? Yeah. So I used to do it at the closing table, but then I realized that every deal wasn't sunshine and rainbows. And so sometimes by the time we get to the closing table, they're like, thank God that this even closed, right? So I... I learn to do it in the first couple of weeks when everybody's happy, you know, whether they're selling a house and that's the time we're getting all the showings or they're buying a house and they're like, oh, you're so awesome, you know, before the home inspection goes bad or before anything. So, um, you know, I think it's important to catch people when they're still happy with your, with the services, you know, because unfortunately, no matter what happens, even if it's not your fault, you know, you're the punching bag. Oh, it's always your fault. I remember when the first time in real estate, I referred a, a mover and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a big network and then I'm going to do this. And then a mover, they were like ecstatic for their home. Then the mover absolutely destroyed their hardwood. And then it was, everything was my fault because I referred the mover. I'm like, never referring a fucking mover ever again. I'm like, nope, <laughs> thanks. So now I just refer a lawyer and a mortgage person. The rest, it's like, good luck because I'm, I'm not going to get absolutely torched because of somebody else's stuff. So. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's like a weird risk that you're trying to be helpful and then it, it backfires and it'll come back to you. And it's like, shit, like I was just trying to be helpful. And now you kind of want to be less helpful, but and then it's like you want to provide more value to your clients to stand out. So it's this really weird catch-22. We've heard of so many cases of shit like this. It's, it's super frustrating. So give us a bit of a rundown then, Melissa. Year one, 19 deals. How many year two, three, four, five, if you remember, even roughly? Um, the second year I joined a team, I joined somebody else's team. Um, I think I did like 20, 25 deals. Um, it just kept going. And then I eventually left that brokerage. I left that team, started my own team, um, got up to 65 deals a year, you know, my volume. Um, right now I need to sit at 50 because I'm growing my team and more than 50 personally is just it's a lot when you're trying to run a team. I'm actually getting ready to open up an office, um, an expansion office an hour away. So, um, you know. So, so you did a you did 50 of the 165. So you're doing a huge portion of your team's volume still. Because are they all just in training still, a lot of them? Are they kind of? Um, well, we talked about this before I came on. But, you know, la the end of last year and the beginning of this year, it was getting people off the bus that, didn't need to be there. Shouldn't have been there dragging me down, dragging the team down. Um, so that was a little, you know, that was difficult because, you know, one of the people I had worked with for six years, I was with the old team, came over to the new team. So, um, yeah, you know, once I got that figured out now where I kind of was like, went on a hiring freeze, I'm like, there's just going to be three of us. We're going to be small and mighty, but, um, I have two, I have two new agents that just started. I have two more that are getting ready to test, you know, I'm getting ready to launch that other office. So 
we're kind of just expanding and kind of separating a little bit. I'll I'll give my input on this just for the audience here because uh, and and Brad, you've obviously got a big team, so you definitely share what you think also. But like when I've hired, especially with my sales teams and stuff, I've never found somebody who was shit when I hired them. Aka, like the first couple of weeks were bad. Get better. I've only if people join in their first couple of weeks and they're rock stars, they'll be solid people because they'll put best foot forward. But if they're bad in that first couple of weeks, they just tend to get worse and worse. And I I kill people early. As in like a couple of weeks, if you're bad and your performance is bad within the first couple of weeks, I'm just like, this isn't it's not gonna change. It's just gonna get worse. You I know? have a five page thing that I fill out now just to even weed it out. So I had like uh, whenever I was hiring somebody on I would just hire anybody with a pulse because I was getting so many leads and I'm like, I want a big team. It's like fucking idiot. But like, <laughs> I think that the, the truth of the matter is with it is now my hiring process is, you know, a little bit more like there's just more to it because if they can't get through this process, they're not going to be able to get through it. Like it's a five page, it's five page, like ask some pretty deep questions. And I've had people put like one word answers. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, no. And then people that actually put some time into it. I'm like, okay, if you're willing to put time into this, it's been just that five page or six page questionnaire has been a huge buffer for me because if people won't take the time to fill it out, they're not going to do what they need to do to be successful. It's just the way it is. Yeah, hundred percent. And one of the simplest things we implemented in recruiting, similar to that, but even lower barrier to entry, they'd fill out an application, you know, do whatever they said. And we said it's a multi-step process. They'd get an automated email. And then we would say, you know, respond to this email and put as the subject line to this email, put this caption, like put, you know, I I really want this job, whatever it would be. And it literally says in this email, hey, respond to this email, write a subject line, use this subject line and, and fill it out. The amount of people that wouldn't do that is crazy. Like that, that simple instruction of, hey, respond to this email or write an email to us with this subject line and attach the file or whatever wouldn't do it or wrote something different and it's like you couldn't follow the world's simplest instruction written out in an email it's crazy how much time that saved us yeah 50 applications all of a sudden only 10 people do it right it's like really simple things to weed out people you'd you wouldn't believe how low the barrier to entry is with regards like just following simple instruction to be successful in in everything and real estate's no different um now with that being said i want to dive in your first topic so your first one is, you know, client community events and also volunteering. And that is one of your secrets to success. So unpack for us in the audience why that is your first secret to success. Um, so for me, not being from here, nobody knew my name, right? There's agents around here that you can say their name and everybody knew their name. Um, pair that with just being a genuine, compassionate person and wanting to help others often Um you know, we're doing volunteering every month. Um, we're doing community and client events, maybe every other month giving, you know, we're doing giveaways when COVID happened, um, before the schools started picking up and delivering meals, our team partnered with some people in the community. We're making 150, 200 meals, lunches a day, going out, delivering them to the kids. Um, you know, and it's, we do it because we care, but the blossom in our business is something that I really wasn't expecting. Like people see us, they're like, oh, you're the ones that did this. Oh, you're the ones that volunteered here. Um, so that for me is, you know, it's super important, especially, you know, coming from 
the area where it really is like a good old boys club. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. One of the things with uh, volunteering is it's basically, it's like a lost leader, but you're just putting your best foot forward and putting yourself out there. It's like, we've heard a few people that do like community centers and stuff as well, who have huge teams now because they've built up so much goodwill in their local community that everyone knows them. And it's like, who is the local realtor? It's just this one person because they have so many touch points within their community with things like this events and volunteering and like that this one person uh, we had on the show actually has a community center owns the thing they built it on their own land and they've got like fire pits and all this crazy stuff and super smart like super smart they built it and it's been there for years it's never been um advertised that it's her real estate team and all that stuff and then basically she's built it up to such a hub now that everyone comes every week type thing and then she's going to switch it over to being all kind of, you know, real estate branded and everything like that. And it's like, she's just going to whitewash the whole community because she's <laughs> put in so many years of goodwill and like genuine goodwill. Like didn't ask anything people. She even has a boat that people can use for free. A boat. Like you can go wakeboarding and shit. She even invited us out. We need to take them up on that, guys. Uh, <laughs> go wakeboarding and surfing on the lake on this boat, and she gives it to the community. I was like, that is crazy. So when it, it it's an in, what I like about this strategy though is the fact that you did this when you knew no one. It was like this is how you got to intertwine with the community. What what are some of the organizations that you aligned with? Were they like shelters and and things like this? Like what what were the people that you or the communities or the volunteering sectors that you went towards to help and kind of what ended up coming from it? Uh, so Habitat for Humanity, of course, um, we, um, for, Red, we're, you know, I'm with Color Williams, so we do Red Day every year. We do that at the Wayne County Care Center. Um, there's places um, where our expansion team is that we go and donate our time. And then, you know, a lot of it is just goodwill. My father was a Vietnam veteran and, I have a, two veterans on my team. We're really compassionate and want to give back to our veterans. So a lot of times we just find somebody in need and try to figure out a way to help them. Um, so, and then, you know, we're doing all these um, community events. So right downtown where our office is, the city does a ton of events and we just sit out there. Sometimes we put a table and a tent up and hand out lemonade and cookies. And we just, it's a lead generation machine. We just collect names. We do a giveaway, give them a QR code, capture their info, 150 more leads in the database. That's interesting. I want to unpack that. Giveaways are a really interesting strategy that we know a few top teams do with huge, like ridiculous success. And they surround, they, they encapsulate them within events, which it sounds like is exactly what you're doing. And then they said the same stuff. It's like, the, the dollar per lead we get, the cost per lead you get from doing like a giveaway is insane. But you've got to know how to do them. And they also said the first ones weren't very big. Like it was like three people type deal. And then yet now it's hundreds of people because they've done it consistently over years on a regular basis that people know it's know it comes true. So talk to us more about the events and the giveaways specifically because this is a, an interesting strategy. Yeah. So if our downtown uh, has an event, like I said, we'll just sit there with a table and a tent and we'll give stuff away just to get our name out there. And then we give them a QR code. 
we have the giveaway or the basket of stuff that we're giving away. We're like, here, scan this with your phone, enter to win. They put their name information and they don't think anything about it. Right. So then the next day or a couple of days later, we're putting them all, you know, we're adding them to our CRM, getting them on the right plans that they need to be on. And then next thing you know, they're our clients and they didn't even realize what happened. <laughs> so the, Q, the QR code is before, you know, we were doing this on a piece of paper, like right on your yeah. name. But when you do it on the QR code and you do it on your phone, people do it all the time, right? They're on social media. They're on this, they're on that. It's like enter your name, email and phone number. It's like autofill on your phone now. They don't think anything of it. They don't know what's happening to them. Next thing you know, like I'm the realtor. <laughs> okay. So I, I have a question for you because I tried doing that stuff, especially in like open houses or, you know, other events that you go, maybe you have a QR code on your business card, right? If you're a little creative and I still find that people don't, Fill this out. Got to give away something that they want. <laughs> I think the giveaway is the secret key, essentially. What, right? What, what are you giving away, Melissa? Then that's what we want to know. What? What? Yeah, how much does it cost you, and what do you give away? Because then, then we know kind of a cost per lead. It's like, hey, I put a thousand bucks into this. Two thousand. I don't know. What is it? So some of our giveaways don't cost us anything because we get our partners to pay for it. So like, we were at our county fair and our. Um, lender gave us an iPad to give away. So we collected hundreds and hundreds yeah. of leads. Now this was at the county fair. So probably half those people can't even buy a house, but that's not the point, right? They probably know somebody that can buy a house. So uh, our last giveaway, it was paired with an event downtown and it we did like this um, camping giveaway basket with like all kinds of good stuff. Um, my director of ops, she's like the best bargain shopper. So I bet you our giveaways generally cost us less than a hundred bucks between our partners and then her bargain shopping. Um, in June, we did a uh, we went to the Humane Society. We volunteer there a lot. We do a free photo event for people with pets. It costs us a photographer. And people come to the Humane Society and they bring their pets. They get their pictures. They love it. And we just collect leads all day long. So with that one, we gave away like a pet care package. And again, we just we do the QR code since COVID. And they work so much better than the piece of paper. Because the piece of paper, people are giving out fake information. But on, on their phones, it's like nothing to them anymore because they're always filling crap out on the Internet. Do you, do you think that this strategy could work in other mediums than just like, you know, county fairs, community events? Like, could you, How would you apply this, for example, to an open house, right, where we have to have people sign in or we want to because we're collecting leads? Would you do a giveaway on your open house? We have. We have, um, you know, open houses here. Like, we're really rural here, so we don't get... 20, 30, 40 people, you know, good open houses, we will hot properties, you know, maybe 10 to 15 to 20 people. Um, but if we do do a giveaway at an open house, we'll also throw it on social media. So the people at the open house think that they're the only ones that are getting this chance to win. But we also throw it on social media. And so it's just another way to collect more leads. So I actually used to have a giveaway company, it's a little known fact about me that most people don't know. Uh, and the sole purpose was, you know, an arbitrage on cost of tickets. Anyway, one of the things that I learned from that is 
the, the broader the offering, the more leads you get, the cheaper the leads are, but the less qualified the leads are. So for example, for let's say you run a car detailing company, just totally like different. And then your giveaway was like, I don't know, car polish or some shit. You'll have a lot less people that would want to enter, but also the people that want to enter are probably good people for your service on the back end because it's a very specific type of person on the other side. Well, the thing about being in real estate is most people want to buy a house. So kind of everyone in a weird way is qualified to a certain degree. So like the broader, like it doesn't surprise me, stuff like iPads, iPhones always do very well. It's such a broad product. Even simpler one, sounds so stupid, is literally just money. Like, enter to win $1,000. Like, it's like so basically simple. Uh, but like, you know, sometimes people do prefer the items, but the broader the item, the more people, uh, you know, the more the mass appeal. And also it's societal stuff. So it's like Apple products, for example, in society carry more status than say like Samsung, whatever. Right. So it's like you're more likely to get way more people going for the iPhone, iPad, whatever it is, than you are for someone to go for like a Microsoft computer. It's just kind of the way it works. So these are all like little leverage points you can use to have more successful competitions. But like I said, really depends on what your end result is. So it's interesting that you said you got dirt from your iPad. Right. Because that makes sense to me that that would happen. Like you'll have a lot more people applying for that. You know? Yeah, we even had people come up and they're like, well, I don't like Apple products, but man, this would make a great gift for so-and-so yeah. or so-and-so. And I'm like, here's the QR code. So go get it. Yeah. Peter, too, with your open housing, if you did it, it's we found it was expensive when we used to do it to do it every time. So we do either a monthly or a quarterly draw. Um, then we changed it down to monthly as the team grew bigger and we get a bunch of leads. But then what we did is we put them in our CRM. We tagged them. Somebody had to come by the office to pick up the gift. We took a picture, put it on social. So when we were doing this and doing it, um, this was probably a couple of years ago before COVID hit. And then we just honestly haven't uh, gone back and done it. But it was big So you, because a lot of people are like, man, I don't want to give away a prize every weekend. We didn't. We started just doing it monthly. Um, and then we, again, it was good social proof because then the people that came – we follow them on Facebook. We tag them on Facebook, even if they didn't win. So they saw that there was a winner. So it's not like, oh, really? You, you know. And then as you do this every single month, it really can gain momentum if you're if you're uh, if you're really good with it. Yeah, I, I think the key is the social proof, right? Like, don't just say you're gonna do a giveaway and you don't fucking do the giveaway. Yeah. Because then right. it's like, oh, those guys don't actually do the giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you ever towed that line like it's bad business i mean just before we roll into the second topic our very first giveaway i'll never forget this was actually a really expensive jacuzzi it was like 10 grand right and we ended up only selling about eight grand's worth of tickets for it so we and then it was like what are we going to do do we give away the 8k prize rather than the jacuzzi and i was like we've got to we've got to stay good to our word like we said we're going to give this away and you just got to take the hit i mean it's a different scale but like with with any type of giveaway you've got to be committed to doing it, irrespective of whether it works the way you wanted it to. If you've spent 500 bucks on an iPad and you get one lead, the leads cost you 500 bucks. Like, I'm sorry, but that's the risk you took doing a giveaway. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the nature of the beast. So that's something you want to be prepared for. But I love that strategy. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 